Welcome to the Jane Bond Show. From execution to excellence. And I am your host, Jane Bond, the serial entrepreneur who will be sharing with you valuable life lessons and interviewing influencers from around the country who have broken through to success along with giving you advice on navigating through the game. Today, our topic is standing in my truth. Our special guest today will share with us her challenges of moving out to LA to pursue her passion as a singer and lover of Spanish music, only to be misled with smoke and mirrors by people she trusted and relied on that did not have her best interests at heart. Sharing with us some of the harsh realities that a single female living in LA can succumb to was not something she was willing to compromise. Having daily breakdowns, as she stated, all the while, while not knowing when or where the next rent check was coming from, she realized that she had to figure it out and figure it out quick. As she states, success does not happen overnight. However, it can happen in one night, and that is exactly what happened to our guests. Without any further ado, celebrity real estate agent of VH1's hot new show, Love and Listings, I'd like to introduce you to Miss Ajani Scott. Hey. Hello, good afternoon. Wow, that took a while. Hi, Ajani. Hi, I'm sorry about that. I had some serious technical difficulties on my end, but I'm here now and ready to go. <laughs> okay, well, we're glad to have you here, Anjani. I was a little worried, but now we're here. <laughs> Thank you. Well, you know, these iPhones, they're just so complicated sometimes, but yes, here I am. Great. Well, welcome to our show, and I'm so excited to have you on today, and we're going to dive right in. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Guys, I want you to know that we're here with Anjani Scott. Anjani, let's dive right in. Tell us about growing up in Lansing, Michigan. Growing up in Lansing, Michigan uh, was a great experience. It was definitely a small town vibe, but it was very diverse culturally. So um, going through school, I got to know a lot of different kinds of people, and I got to be around a lot of different um, uh, social backgrounds, um, just ethnic backgrounds. And I think it was a great place to grow up because it was small enough to where it felt like a community, but also uh, large enough to where I got to have a lot of different experiences. Oh, that's fantastic. I don't think I've ever been to Lansing, Michigan. Yeah, Lansing is about 80 miles away from Detroit, which everybody tends to think that Detroit is the capital of Michigan, but it's Lansing. And um, yeah, I, my grandmother was from Detroit. A lot of my family is from Detroit. I spent my summers in Detroit. So I also got to have uh, the best of that world, too. Yeah, I think I just remember, you know, maybe years ago when I was uh, doing interior design, for football players and basketball players. It was one player that was there with the Detroit Pistons. Yeah, I can't even remember his name. He was a very, very, very tall um, okay. gentleman. <laughs> but I, I, I don't know why I can't remember his name. Angulinye, maybe? I don't know. Uh, it, it could have been. Yeah, it, there's, there's been so many, so many since then. Uh, but yeah, uh, Pistons was definitely a part of me growing up. Um, my parents loved the Pistons. We went to several games. I still watch the Pistons. So it, it right. was great. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, fantastic. Great. That's fantastic. So um, where did you go to college? I went to a few different colleges. Um, I'll be honest with you, I did not graduate. Um, you know, college just was not for me. I started off at Lansing Community College, skipped over to Michigan State for a while. And in the in the course of me going through school, I just had this overwhelming sense that I didn't need to be there. And this is not at all to knock the importance of uh, a college education. But for me, I was ready to jump more into um, business. I was ready to spend some time exploring what it is I actually wanted to do before spending money and committing to a degree that I may possibly not use. Um, And I wanted to travel. I wanted to see the world. I had never lived outside of uh, Lansing. And that's exactly what I did. I I moved out and I moved on. I left um, Michigan and went to Phoenix, Arizona for about five years. And I actually started working for a college there. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, doing Irony. financial aid. Yeah, I was I was processing financial aid for college students uh, there. And then um, I started. Let me ask you this: What made you go to Phoenix? Uh, Phoenix. I actually went there for All Star Weekend uh, whenever they had it. I can't. I think it was like two thousand and nine, and I went there for All Star Weekend. Um, and I absolutely loved it. It was just completely the opposite of Michigan. Um, and the, the the weather, the terrain, the people, the vibe, I was like, you know what? I, I'm moving here. And about six months later, I just moved there. It was something different. It was something new. And I really had that itch to kind of just spread my wings, if you will. Um, so I moved to Phoenix, um, the desert. I went from, you know, the tundra of, of the Midwest to the desert. And it was yeah. Tundra. That's yeah, so was, interesting. <laughs> it was such a huge change. It was amazing. You know, it's funny that you say, um, you know, you had the opportunity to go to school, but you weren't that keen on it. Because I remember being a young girl and my parents asking me, you know, because my parents were entrepreneurs. My mom was a nurse by trade. She was a registered nurse. And then my father got her into entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because I remember them asking me, well, what do you want to do? It wasn't like you're going to college. It was like, so what do you want to do? And I remember thinking, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't hard. know. But I didn't have the, the, the you know, um, thought process that you had. I think because I was still, you know, uh, I was living in Philadelphia too. And I, I, I was still a kind of the neighborhood girl. And I wasn't sure what to do, even though my parents were entrepreneurs. And when the question came about, I thought, well, that's the right thing to do to go to college. And my parents only said to me, well, we can afford to send you there you know, but Mm -hmm. we're not forcing you to go. And I thought, Mm -hmm. well, let me go because I had all my friends that were going and I did. But later on, after the fact, I always thought I could have done it a little bit differently. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But we'll get into that later because that's, I believe, how you did it. So I want to kind of open that, you know, that uh, realm of your life, too. Yes, 100%. Mm -hmm. Let me ask you, what were some of the challenges you saw in Phoenix? Because I know you didn't stay there. Uh, you know what, Phoenix was probably, I would go, I would move back to Phoenix. Um, I loved it. Absolutely loved it. The cost of living, um, at the time was very affordable. Uh, I left there about five years ago. So, so I lived there relatively recently. Um, the weather was amazing. It's very easy to find employment there. Um, you know, the people are great. The weather's great again. I really... I did. I can't 
say that there were any huge challenges. Um, my reasoning for leaving Phoenix was because I wanted to pursue music. And uh, I felt that the best place for me to do that would be Los Angeles. So, and it was so close. I was constantly traveling to LA. So I was like, you know what? I want to just move to LA. Now me moving from Michigan to Phoenix was very simple and easy. It was a seamless trans transition for me. Uh, Moving to LA, not so much. That is when I really, really had to find some strength. Um, Moving to LA uh, presented me with a lot more challenges um, than than living in Phoenix. So okay. I, I got kind of spoiled there moving to Phoenix, as I was like, I'll just skip on over to LA and you know, do it again. <laughs> not right? so much. Okay, <laughs> so so, so tell us about your challenges when you moved to LA. Okay, uh, well, finding a place in LA without being in LA in itself is pretty risky and challenging. Oh, Luckily, I know that I was, one. <laughs> oh my gosh, it, I got so lucky. I was able to find at the time a studio apartment that was about eight fifty a month. Okay, and that is like an unheard of price right now. So I was able. I mean, this place is impossible to move into. So um, I was lucky to get a place. Um, and then once I got here, I had enough money, I think, to sustain me for about three or four months. And I was like, oh, it's plenty of time. I didn't start even looking for a job until like the third month because I was used to just being able to get a job so easily in Michigan and in uh, Arizona. I applied to a billion different jobs and I could not get a job. I couldn't even barely get an interview. The market wow. is so saturated with people applying. It's like you all here, you almost need like a master's degree just to, I mean, work in a mail room. It's just that competitive. And that's something that I wasn't used to. And I ran out of money. I remember like it being like the fourth quarter and I had like $700 to my name and my rent was due, which wow. again was eight fifty, and And that, it hit me like a ton of bricks. You cannot make rent. What are you going to do? And so, um, so wait, let know, me ask you this. You didn't know any of this before going out there. No one shared with you that you needed to be heavily armed and suited for LA when you, before you go out there. I had no idea. Wow. I really had, I thought it would be so easy because, um, being on my own in Lansing, Michigan was easy. Being on my own in Phoenix, Arizona was easy. I just kind of thought that's how it was. And, you know, I, I just thought I was like superwoman. I can do it. You know, what's L.A.? How is that going to be any different? <laughs> I really, it, it, it just, I was really slapped in my face. Um, oh, my God. But- Did you think you left, you left your cape home? <laughs> I did. I'm like, what is going on? Why am I struggling here? Why is this so difficult? Right. Um. And but obviously, it built it built a lot of strength and character within Absolutely. me to have to go through those times. So, you know, you it taught me that I needed to go through that to appreciate um a lot and 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 to build my work ethic. Honestly. Okay. And and your your music was your first love. Yes. Yes. A hundred percent. Tell us a little bit about that. Okay, I've been singing um, since I was about nine years old. I actually sing Spanish music. I sing in English as well. Okay. But primarily uh, Spanish music is um, my love. I love salsa, uh, cumbia, reggaeton, tejano, um, merengue. 
I don't know why. I have absolutely no Latin background that I know of. Really? I was going to yes. ask you that. <laughs> Not at all. Of course, naturally, um, most people think that, but there there isn't. And I just really, really love um, the cultures and the music. And when I heard it at a, as a young girl, I said, I want to do that. I have to do that. And I worked really hard and I practiced and practice and practice and and work to learn, um, you know, the the language and how to pronounce the words correctly, um, so that when I sang, it wouldn't sound, you know, funny or off or Americanized. Yeah, at all. I didn't want that. So I worked really hard on that. And, and I was able to, um, to do that well. So I, I sang all throughout um, high school, I sang after high school, how did you, I, let me ask you, how did you master the language to able to, I mean, you had no formal training, but right. you were able to master the language to be able to sing it? Yes. Uh, it, it took so much practice and so much, I would print out the words to every song that I wanted to learn and really sound it out and learn it phonetically so much repetition. Um, I would have friends that spoke Spanish and I would make sure, you know, I would sing it for them. Like, am I singing it right? Is this correct? And they would tell me like, you know, when you say that word, that's really not correct. You want to say it more like this. Um, So I really worked hard to not um, in any way make a mockery of the language because, you know, being African-American and English being my first language, I wanted to respect the language enough to to get it right and it did take years and you know that whole ten thousand hour thing i put that in I mean, okay <laughs> i really did i really did because i wanted it that bad um so now i'm able to um to to sing well in spanish are you um, able to speak the language also you know i'm i'm not gonna go so far as to call myself fluent it's not a language that i'm actively practicing i speak you know english all the time um, but it's but phonetically, I can read it uh, perfectly as if I spoke it. I can sing it perfectly as if I spoke it. Um, I obviously know a lot of it. I can get by, but you know, it's it's really difficult with so many um, of the dialects and the slang that go with different countries and different um, regions of, of the Latin language. Of course, just like Italian mm-hmm. and anything yes, else. Yes, wow. it's very diverse. That's yeah. interesting. That's very interesting that you you had such a passion that you dove right in and was able to master the, the language to be able to sing in Spanish. That's amazing. Yes. And I'm working on my music again right now. I'm so happy to say I took like a large break from that, uh, as you can see. Okay. <laughs> but I do have some music up on YouTube um, right now in Spanish, and I'm working on more. Oh, well, we're going to have to check that out. Totally. Yes. Because I definitely <laughs> want to hear you sing Spanish. And I mean, yes. when you were when you were saying what you did sing and the different um, types of music you sang in Spanish, I mean, your accent sound almost perfect. And I said, well, maybe she's Spanish. And when I read that you sing Spanish music, I thought, well, okay, her family must be part Spanish for her to sing. So it's, it's really interesting to find an African-American that fell in love with Spanish music and mastered it. <laughs> and, yes. it and that's what you're putting out there as a product now. Yes. Amazing. It's, it's my love. You know, you, you have, um, 
I, I learned that in life, you have your passions, you have your joys, you have your hobbies, you have your callings, and these can all be different things to make you feel fulfilled. Oh, you don't definitely. Have to just do one thing. Oh, you're you know? preaching to the choir. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Amen. You're preaching to the choir. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. So, yes. was it difficult for you to put back on your music hat? Yes, it's a little bit scary. Um, just because, you know, I had to go through that whole learning that age doesn't mean anything. And our society tends to make you think that you have to do so many things by a certain age and not even just in your career. It's like, I got to have kids by this age. I got to be married by this age. I got to own possessions by this age. I have to, you know, and it's just not true. Your, your destiny is your destiny and there is no specific timeline and sometimes that timeline that you have in your head is is counterproductive to your own success so once I realized that now is actually the perfect time in my life to pursue music it took some of that fear away oh my god okay I love your positive spirit with it and you are definitely right age does not define our passion or our dreams or our determination to do anything People no. do things at 60 and 70 and 80 years old. And I mean, I was watching Black Girls Rock the other night and I was, the women that were standing up, I was like, wow, this is so amazing that these yes. women are still pushing on and pushing hard, That's even right. at this age. I mean, when we're young, of course, you know, I'm a little older than you, but when we're young, we have all these things in our head and what we want to do. And we have all these decisions. And even today with this, you know, the digital platforms that we have, We have access when a lot of people didn't have access. You know, I was lucky enough because I was able to fly around the world as a flight attendant, but that was my access at the time. But now that we have these devices that don't leave our sight, we -hmm. have more access than anything. That's right. So it's a wonderful thing. And, And like I said, I take my hat off to you, young sister, because you are doing your thing and you have realized that you do not have to go in the traditional route to do That's what you right. need to do. So Thank your you. your energy is definitely welcome here. Thank you. And uh, yeah, that. you definitely epitomize what we're doing here, you know, from execution to excellence. You said, you know, I don't have to do it that way, but I do have to execute things to get to where I want to be, to be That's in right. that excellent realm. So yes. yes, absolutely. And I think once you really stand in that truth, it, it just opens so many more doors for you. Um, and, and it really boosts your, your belief in yourself once you take those, those chains off yourself, you know, because um, you didn't put those chains there. Society did and, and our parents did and uh, TV did and, you know, and mm-hmm. so it's such a freeing feeling to know that you can just, you can, you know, quite frankly, do whatever you want to do. I mean, really, it's that simple. Yes. And I feel like you live in your truth. I can feel your energy. You know, and that's why I wanted to have this conversation with you, because I said to myself, I look at everybody, you know, you see people all the time. You know, like I said, I was in the industry and I I zeroed right in on you. I was like, okay, I feel this girl's energy. I'm going to have a conversation with her. Yes. And yes, I appreciate that because, I mean, that really is um, part of my message. It, It really is that you can do things your way and to not let things like time um, hinder you. you Absolutely. Absolutely. So let me ask you this now that you're in LA and you're kind of settled down and you understand the lay of the land somewhat. Yes. Why real estate? Because you could have chosen several ways 
different directions to go. And even with your music, and I'm yeah. happy, I'm very happy that you picked that back up off the back burner because that seems like something you're really passionate about because the work ethic that you put into that. That's right. Yeah. So tell us about real estate. Okay. So I, when I first moved out here and started with the singing, that for me went left very quickly because I started off doing very well. I was booking shows, I was doing gigs, and I was very quickly exposed to um, kind of the negative side of the music industry and that um, people wanting more from you than you're willing to give, if you can read between those lines. Yes, and, of course. And uh, people being manipulative, uh, people being backstabbing, people being... Um, saying that they're there for you, but really being there for themselves. And I experienced so much of that. I don't think at the time I had the strength to push through that. And so, I mean, honestly, I, I kind of gave up on the music. I said, you know, if this is what I have to do, deal with in order to progress in my music career, then I don't want it. I just don't want it. Because um, I was heartbroken by a few people who I, I thought I could trust and ended up being... Um, just not who they said they were or presented themselves to be. So I got into panic mode. Um, I said, okay, I need a job. I need a career. The music ain't it. I'm out here in LA. So what am I going to do with myself? And I said, I want to be wealthy. Um, I want to make a lot of money and I want to be able to do something that I, I find respectful and something that I can be proud of my work. And real estate just really spoke to me. I mean, initially, you know, the market out here, you know, the homes are very expensive and, you know, you just, that leads to obviously a large paycheck. At that time, all I saw was paycheck. Oh, I'll just get into real estate because it's that easy, right? And once again, being <laughs> naive. Oh, I just moved to LA. Oh, oh yeah. I'm a celebrity realtor. Oh, you know, I just do it. So, once again, I'm slapped in the face with the actual time, perseverance, blood, sweat, tears, hard work that goes into being a realtor. But I said, you know what? I've given up on a few things in my life. This, I'm not going to give up on. I don't care how hard it is. I said I was going to do it, and this is what I'm going to do. You know, I got to stop letting things deter me. Um if you know from things that I want to do and now if I accomplish some things and real estate just isn't for me fine but I'm gonna at least see it through you know and so that was my determination there uh with the real estate um so yeah and here we are so how did you go about choosing your partner slash broker the brokerage firm that you joined and what was your 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 navigation through that because that takes some time to figure out if you've never been a realtor before, because even today I still learn things and I've been in this business 12 years. So um, how did you go about doing that? Uh, well, my teacher for my real estate classes, I really, really liked. I felt that he was very knowledgeable and someone that I would want to work with uh, once I passed my exam and got my license. And he was at the time a license with Keller Williams. And so naturally, that's just where I went because I didn't know. I really didn't do any scouting because I didn't even know how to scout to see, you know, which which firms or brokerage is going to be best for me. I really just followed his lead. Um, And I wanted to work with him because I had built this rapport with him through 
going to class and so forth. And I thought that um, he would be able to help me. So I went with Keller Williams. Okay. Well, mm-hmm. Keller Williams, I start, you know, funny enough, I started at Keller Williams. Okay. Mm-hmm. And from yeah. Keller Williams to Sotheby's, from Sotheby's to, you know, where I am now, Compass. But okay. um, yeah, I absolutely love uh, Keller Williams. It was a really good firm. And I always tell people when you just start out, that's a really good firm to go to or brokerage to go to because it's a teaching firm. You know, it's a 100%. teaching brokerage and you can learn a lot. I mean, some, a lot of people outgrow it mm-hmm. and some people go back to it to reinvent themselves, to come back yes. to another brokerage. So yes, I, I yeah, I, I get yes. that. I Kelly get Williams that. Was, was definitely great. And I agree with you in that it's, um, it's very good for um, when you're first getting into the business, as far as the teaching aspect, they really, really do provide a lot of resources um, for you to learn. And they don't just throw you out there. So I think it's definitely great for that as well. Yeah. I remember sitting in the bullpit for three, I think, three or four months before I made my first sale. Mm-hmm. Just listening. Yeah. Just, just listening. Absorbing. <laughs> yes. Learning learn the contracts. So oh, yes. that whole thing. It was very um, interesting. And I kept saying, when am I going to make my first deal, you know, or have my first transaction? And funny enough, I remember, and I tell this story when I do my webinar on real estate, uh, on our real estate course, uh, I tell the story. I remember a young lady sitting next to me and she got a check and she was closing a deal for $600,000. And I was saying to myself, how is it that she's closing a deal for 600,000 and my deals are only, you know, I can't, I can't get past two or 300. And I was calculating her monies and I was saying to myself, that's first, first of all, that's the wrong thing to do. And I was like, okay, let me do, do the math. She's going to walk home with 18,000. I'm going to walk home with what? After said and done three, four thousand. No, wait a second. It has to be a better way. And and that's when, you know, the light bulbs start going on. Okay. This one can't be no more work than this one so maybe i need to up my game a little and there there is a gem of knowledge exactly about real estate there you have it that's so very true that is a gem it is you have higher stakes um but you know every deal you really have to approach the same with the same amount of work ethic that's right that could be you know and and that's just good customer service one and then number two, it's just the truth. It, it's, <laughs> you are doing sometimes even more work for less money. Um, so you really just have to maintain that consistent work ethic. Oh, absolutely. Any, and service. Deal. And service. Mm-hmm. Because the service is taught, you know, second to none at all times. You have to always be in professional mode and understand your customer, be able to navigate them through the transaction, whether it's X amount of dollars or X amount of millions of dollars. But, you know, you have to step up to the plate and be able to, you know, take the bat and go. So, yeah, Mm -hmm. that's interesting. That's so how long have you been in real estate now? I took quite a bit of time to um, really get my footing um, in real estate. And also, I had another job while I was pursuing real estate. Okay. Um, of course, you'll see from the show, I worked at Hooters okay. uh, which is a, as a waitress, um, which I, my plan going into real estate was I was going to work as a waitress because that was a very flexible schedule. And then I could use the, the time that I needed to dedicate to real estate. Um, so 
I started working at Hooters and honestly, the money was pretty good. It wasn't real estate money, but for a while I got kind of caught up in that what was supposed to be second job that was supposed to be just there to turn to, or to keep the lights on. And it really consumed me. And it's interesting because I find that this happens with a lot of realtors um, that they will have a job that's supposed to keep the lights on, but then they get so consumed by that job. They're exhausted from that job. They're stressed out from that job. Absolutely. And their, their real estate business begins to suffer or not even, you know, flourish. Um, so that was another lesson that I had to learn um, you know, eventually throughout the real estate career that it's not it a really, part-time job. <laughs> it's not a part-time job. Yes. You, ha- you know, if you're doing real estate part-time, then you're going to have part partial success. You know, exactly. it really, really had, if I could do it over again, I would have saved up enough money to just do real estate. And which is something that I'm really professing now. I mean, at, at the very least, have enough money um, saved up for to sustain you for about six months so that you can just do real estate because it really does need your full attention, especially in the beginning. So, um, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Just, (laughs) just learning the lay of the land, learning, Mm -hmm. learning the market and pretty much trying to define who your perfect customer is and you, and you as a agent. What works, what doesn't work, what are you good at, um, what, where are your strong suits, all of these things take time to develop these skills, um, and, and it's worth it. It and, really is yeah. worth it. And definitely utilizing your systems and tools in the right manner, because, yes. you know, you can get bogged down with people trying to sell you this, trying to sell you that. Next thing you know, you have all these tools, and you're all over the place. Yes. And you 100%. have to kind of hone in to what works for you. Yeah, you know, and, and what works for your client. Yes, and and I think that has a lot to do with being in touch with who you are because you never want to be someone else or feel like you have to be someone else to quote unquote get the deal or make the sale because I feel that the most successful realtors are genuine and the the client can smell fakeness or um just being you know hungry to get a commission check they can sense that oh and once definitely they sense that a little bit then they immediately feel that you don't have their best interests at heart and it's gonna you know not work out so you really need, have to be comfortable with who you are and and what part of your your true personality is going to help you to to be successful this is true and the caveat to that is bringing your knowledge to the table too bringing your market knowledge bringing your knowledge of who the client is that you're servicing because if you're going after a certain type of client I mean and when you run into those analyticals that's a Mm -hmm. whole different ball game because they pretty much know the market that they're trying to buy in and they know the stock market and they know the economy so they know everything that's going on and they're going to question you to see if you know it and if you don't know your business trust me they're going to the next guy so Mm -hmm. you know even though you're your authentic self know your business so this is true so yes. I, I'm glad you took your time to learn that and, and realize that this is not a part-time job. And I it's tell, I tell no. realtors that all the time, especially new realtors. I go, this is not a part-time job. And some people say, well, I've done well part-time. Well, then, you know, part-time is part-time then, <laughs> you know? Right. What if you were doing that full-time? Exactly. Yes. You would do extremely well. Exactly. And, and also, um, 
I think it's important when you're first getting started to have a support system or a mentor, even if it's, you know, just one person that you can go to, to ask questions, uh, to learn from, to shadow, to have them just share their experiences with, because as you know, as a realtor, every deal, you learn something new. So even the most seasoned realtors are still learning and going through different situations that they've never experienced before. So just to be around that and be in that environment is is very helpful and key to your growth because you never know when that same situation might arise for you. Oh, and you absolutely. Can back to that. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm learn. That's what I, I've been in this business twelve years here, and I'm learning something new all the time. I was just mm-hmm. sharing with my colleague. I mean, I just went through something, and I said to myself, "Wow, okay, that's one to put in the books." Yeah. <laughs> and I thought I saw most of it, but no, you know, every day it's a different. It's a different transaction a different personality. So you mm-hmm. have to adjust and accommodate and um, mm-hmm. be ready to take it on. So yes. you do, mm-hmm. I believe Eric is your mentor? Yes, Eric is. Fantastic. Yes, he's actually, yes, he's, he's amazing. He's wonderful. I actually um, met him through uh, the show that we're both on, on VH1 Love and Listings. Yes, and... we love Love and Listings. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's where I spotted we... you. <laughs> yes, yes. Thank you for watching. Yes. Absolutely. Um, I, I met him before we started the filming process. And at that time, he was also um, with Keller Williams. So since I was there, it just was a good fit. And he offered to be my mentor and my boss and join his team, Eric Miles group. Um, so that, that was awesome. And he's been awesome and he has been an excellent mentor and support system for me. Um, also he's just a great guy all around. Oh yes. I love Eric miles beyond ordinary. Yes, <laughs> That's what beyond. I love that. I love that about him. And we love Roscoe too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. He's yes. a really good guy. I, 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 I've worked with Eric a couple of times and I fell in love with him the moment I met him. So yes, good he's, guy. He's excellent. Yes. And that was really lucky for you to, you know, uh, meet him prior to this as opposed to after the fact. Very lucky. Very lucky. I feel very lucky to have him in my corner and be there for, you know, such a support system for me and, and such a help. He really, you know, times when I need anything or have questions or what do I do or I'm panicking or how do I handle this? He's always, always, always been there and he's been very helpful to me. And I think it's important to do that, you know, for other people, if you can, for other realtors, you know, we need to really network and be there for each other because you never know when you're going to need that person down the line. Oh, definitely. And he's seen it from all angles, you know, by being an attorney and being a real estate attorney. Um, mm-hmm. So that's when I say luck, that's the part of it I'm talking about too, because he really knows the business itself. Yeah. It's yes, just changed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're, you guys just changed from different markets, but knowing the business that, you know, the meat and potatoes of it is um, really uh, something special that Eric can bring to the table also with you. So that's fantastic. Yeah. That is mm-hmm. really fantastic. Um, Let's talk about time management, because I know you said something about, you know, trying to really hone in on your time management, because I know that's a lot of that could be a headache for a lot of different agents trying to really take that on, because we have so many things that we have to do with, you know, throughout the transit transaction, if you don't have a team. 
Mm-hmm. 100%. Well, yes, uh, time management is very important, especially when you're trying to uh, build your clientele. And I think it's important when you're first starting to kind of do a little bit of everything as far as getting clients to see what, again, what works well for you. Some people are good at door knocking or, you know, cold calling or email blasts or social media. Or for me, it's networking. Um, I make it a point to be as at as many events as possible. I don't do well over the phone. I don't even do well door knocking. I get all nervous. It's like, why is a stranger at my house? I need to meet you in a comfortable setting for both of us and have a conversation with you. So my time management um, really came into play, making sure I'm networking and being out and being seen as much as humanly possible. Um, you know, it comes down to something as simple as my hair, you know, as a conversation starter. If I'm at the grocery store or at a party or wherever, you know, people will come to me and talk to me. And of course I can, you know, put in the fact that, that I'm a real estate agent into that conversation eventually, which can lead to clients. So I feel like time management is important, but you have to spend that time doing what's going to bring you business. You can't just say I did, you know, real estate all day, but you didn't do what works for you in your business. If cold calling isn't working for you, door knocking isn't working, then don't do it. And if you don't like it, don't do it. You know, there's plenty of aspects to this business that you're not going to like that you have to do. You have to find the joy and what you're good at and mm-hmm. what you actually like to do in order to be successful. So um, my time management also, I have to be up by 10 o'clock every single day. And a lot of people will tell you that that is late, but that works for me. <laughs> 10 o'clock is early for me. I have to be up at 10 every single day coming from waitressing where I was getting off work at 2 a.m. My schedule was completely like flip flop. So 10 for me at this point is early. And if I can do that consistently and get my day started with whatever I need to do as far as real estate first, then that works. And then I usually spend like the later half of my day if I don't have any appointments or meetings doing what feels good to my soul and what feeds my soul, like the singing or um, the the modeling or, or working on my skincare line, anything like that. Because you, I think it's important to manage the time also so that you don't get burnt out and start to hate real estate because that can also happen very quickly. You can get discouraged. You can uh, feel like you want to give up. So you need to balance it with other things. You need to be working out. You need to be eating right. You need to have fun. You need to meditate. That's also an important part of time management to me. Okay. I think you were my sister in another spirit. Ah, you're like, yes. <laughs> yes. It's I understand so that funny. 10 o'clock thing, but that's only on a weekend sometimes for me now. Uh, yes, <laughs> but, it's 10 o'clock. I'm like, you know, a lot of people would scoff at that, but I'm standing in my truth when I say 10 o'clock. And I love that. No- I love that. <laughs> 10 o'clock, I, I, I feel that 10 o'clock sometimes. Yeah. But I'm on like robot mode. So I'm always okay. up early and I work mm-hmm. out and, you know, because I have a million things to do. Also, you know, with the show I'm doing and the work and my clients and just trying to I mean I'm still grinding I'm still growing also growing the business so you know we have so many different things and you know people don't look at you um, like they did years ago where you're wearing so many hats that you're not serious about one hat we're serious about all hats (laughs) 
today. About all <laughs> and I'm part candy. Jamaican. I got nine jobs. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. I love it because you don't have to be confined to one thing. That's and right. You, you can be great at more than one thing. Absolutely. Now, just one more thing about the 10 o'clock. Okay. I may be up late at 10, <laughs> but I'm up late. I am up late. You're a night owl. Yes. I am. I am definitely a night owl. Thank you for yeah putting that into perspective. I really function better at night. I am like working feverishly at, you know, one, two in the morning. Mm-hmm. So I may get up at 10, but I may have only had, you know, six hours of sleep because I was working last night. So, you know, again, you know, finding what works for you and, and being honest about that is um, definitely imperative. Yes. I agree with you 100% on that, but I'm still liking that 10 o'clock thing. I'm not going to take that back. I'm, I'm not going to take that back just yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you said um, you bring realness to the real estate. Now yeah. you're dealing with, you know, high caliber clients, mm-hmm. you know, right now you're in the space where you're a celebrity real estate agent. Yes. Share that with me, the realness part. Because we're in the same business, so I understand what you're saying, but let our, you know, audience know. Okay, when I say I'm bringing the realness, I mean that I am not, the the glitz and the glamour of it all is not what I'm after. I really am trying to please my clients and make sure I provide the best customer service. And I think that comes from making a connection with them. Because obviously, I also would love to be a celebrity, but <laughs> okay, you better live born. in your truth, girl. <laughs> you, know, you are I, living in your truth. I love it, right? I'm trying to get there too. <laughs> I mean, that's not a secret. So, but I think it's important to connect with the person that was there before they were a celebrity. And that's what I'm bringing to it. Like, I want that person to remember what it was like to work hard and to grind before they quote unquote made it. And I think I represent that for them. I think that they can see that in me, like, wow, I remember, you know, those days of hustling and grinding and sticking with it and and building and the stepping stone. So and still being hungry. You said you're still out there battling. Being hungry, being humble. Exactly. and because that's just so important. And, and I think a lot of celebs do lose sight of that. Um, and I think that I kind of kind of remind them of what that's like and they, they can respect that. So when I say bringing the realness, that's definitely what I mean. Real estate is, is a glamorous thing. It's beautiful. And there's so many aspects of it that are just very, very sexy even. But at the end of the day, it is hard work. Yes, it, it is. is. Blood, sweat, and tears. Yes. And that's much like a lot of these celebrities. All you see is the made up face and the tiny waist. And but you don't see, you know, what it took to get there. Absolutely. So, Believe you know, me, I used to manage them. I saw a lot of it. And it was not yes. easy for them. Yeah. It's not easy. And we forget to think about those things. And one thing that I always say that it's important to show the climb to the top, not just the view from the top. Oh, you better and- speak, girl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> it's important. It's important. And it's important to um, to showcase that because uh, not just being at the top, but the climb to the top is, is also the inspiration to others. Oh, we I have love to- it. You know, we have to keep that in perspective. So those, that kind of went a little bit on a tangent. But um, bringing back to your question, 
that's what I mean by bringing the realness, remembering who you are on the inside, not just what people perceive you to be. Okay. Okay. So were there any breakdowns before your breakthrough to success right now? Because you're definitely on the ladder and you're climbing and you're climbing. I mean, I see the star shining. (laughs) You know, I break down every single day. (laughs) (laughs) That is a part of my daily routine is to have at least one mental breakdown. Um, Yes. I, again, was definitely at a point where I felt like I needed to give up on real estate and this wasn't for me. And I needed to find myself, you know, a nine to five office job with a 401k and some stability. Um, Not that there's anything wrong with that, but I knew in my heart that wasn't for me. And at one point I did want to give up. Um, And then the show called and I was presented with this opportunity. And I remember um, the night before being presented with the opportunity for the show praying for change I didn't even know what I was praying for I just said just give me a change oh God is good girl God is good I I didn't I didn't have a specific prayer I didn't say let me close a 10 million dollar deal I nothing I just said please change this change it Mm. and the next day, the producers, and I, I'm not exaggerating, it was really the next day, uh, the producers of the show contacted me um, to see if I could come in to interview. So that's, that's kind of what let me know that I was on the right path. And we have to listen to those signs because um, even when you're feeling a certain type of way, the universe and God will present you with signs to show you whether you're on the right path or not. So that's when I knew that this was something that I needed to continue to pursue, even though I had been discouraged and, you know, gone through all the breakdowns. Um, but I'm glad that I did. And I'm glad that I prayed and I'm glad that I looked to um, outside energy, you know, whoever you deem as your creator for, for guidance. Absolutely. So, um, that's important to success as well. So I wanted to ask you this, you do have a very exotic look, you know, your big hair and big eyes, very very you know captivating look also do you you. oh absolutely you're welcome honey (laughs) (laughs) um do you find that you get any pushback from that with your look out there uh yes 100 percent. sometimes I cannot be taken seriously um because of my look I think that um Right now in real estate, we are kind of breaking the mold on what you think a real a realtor is supposed to look like. Okay, I think that um, over time we have this image that a realtor is, you know, in a suit and very uptight, very professional. You know, uh, no tattoos and no right. other no other hobbies, and you know, just very very um, stern. But especially in the L.A. market, that's just not the case. And a lot of times people want to work with people that are like them. Exactly. So when, you're, when, when you're in an environment where you have so, such a diverse um, kind of people, you know, you can have tattoos because maybe you're selling a house to a, a, you know, a person that owns a tattoo shop. Okay. Or, you know, you, you can be black and female, you know, mm-hmm. that that's new. And it's you nothing know, wrong with being sexy professional. 
or dressing a professional that. sexy look because that's right. That's that's mm-hmm. kind of a high powered, you know, boss babe look too. It is a hundred percent and I love it. Mm-hmm. I love a professional sexy look and I feel that you can look that way and still be respected and still be taken seriously and still be able to get the job done at the end of the day. And right. I, I hope to be part of the movement to to break that that mold a little bit that, you know, six, a realtor doesn't have to look a certain type of way. It's do you connect with this person? Can they get the job done for you? And we as, as real estate agents can be a little bit more expressive as, as far as who we are. So um, the pushback from my look, yeah, I, I'm, a, I'm a black woman, you know, being black, being a female, sometimes even just being a female, you're, you're not respected or, or deemed as um, able to negotiate or knowing the business or so forth. So just being a black woman in itself um, sometimes can present a challenge, uh, a challenge that I welcome, by the way. And then also having, you know, the big hair and expressing myself that way. You know, I'm not going to change who I am or how I look just to prove a point. No, um, because you are that, enough and you can do the job. That's right. That's right. And I can look this way and still represent myself uh, with class, with dignity and professionalism. Fantastic. No, you definitely do. You definitely have a very you have a sophisticated look also. You know, thank you. That was just the question I wanted to pose, because sometimes we do get pushback as, you know, being women and being black women and being in this business and handling multimillion dollar deals. And that's what I love about Love and Listings. You have a very diverse cast. And in the past, we don't we have not seen women that look like you and I on television selling, you know, high end real estate. And I think yes. it's fabulous. And I take my, like I said, I take my hat off to loving these things. And that's why I wanted to have this conversation with you. And you have brought out exactly what I was looking to hear. So that's yes. lovely yes. because that hair I'm- is big and sexy. <laughs> <laughs> you're, Thank you. You're giving us big Jill Scott hair. <laughs> yes. yes, yes. Oh, is and there I- any relation? There is no relation. Okay. Love Jill Scott. Love her. In fact, as a kid, I used to joke that she was my cousin. So I love Jill Scott, but no relation. (laughs) So let me ask you, what would you share with new realtors today that are looking to get into the market and hopefully grow into the level you are at? Um, I want to say that... I mean, at the risk of sounding cliche, I do have to say, you know, you you cannot give up if it's something that you really want, because you're going to want to. You're going to consistently have to talk yourself out of giving up. You're going to be challenged in that way. Um, But you have to be so strong that you can push through, which is, again, why the support system or a mentor is necessary. Um, You want to surround yourself with other successful realtors so that you're in that energy, you're in those conversations, uh, you're in that vibe, you're immersed in that that world. Um, And you also have to be confident and believe in yourself because if you don't have that confidence in yourself, then no one's going to have the confidence in you that you need to be successful. Um, 
you want to be shaking hands all the time. I know a lot of people may not stress this, but I do. I think that you, my mindset is you are always one handshake away from a big break or a big deal. I mean, it, it happens that simply, but if you're not positioning yourself in places to shake those hands or to meet those people, then it's not going to happen. Real estate is very, you have to go get it. It's not going to fall out of the sky. Your phone isn't going to magically ring. You have to go get it and, and aggressively go get it. But the thing is that I always say, um, too, success doesn't happen overnight, but it can happen in one night. All so right. You just got to be there. I'm going to have to take there. some of these quotes and put it on my gram. Put your name <laughs> under it, young lady. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I love the yes. one. What did you say? You don't have to do what from the view? I said, I. <laughs> it, it, it's important to show not just the view from the top, but the climb to the top. Okay. I love that. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yes. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> so, how has real estate changed your life? Real estate has definitely changed my life because I feel like it, it well, financially, of course, and then. I finally have a career that I feel can be respected. You have no choice but to respect a real estate agent. Anyone that is successful in this business, it almost commands a certain amount of respect because of the hard work that that's needed. Um, and then obviously the TV show is just completely unexpected. But interestingly enough, the show has led me back to my original passion because when you have something that you're supposed to be doing, not even you can take yourself off of that path. So, so yes, I'm pursuing my real estate career and growing my real estate business, but it's on VH1, which is a music channel. So you need to really, really just have faith in your own footsteps and have faith in your own path and believe that you're making the right decisions. And you have um, recognized that. I have recognized that. And that's taken a lot of the fear out of the things that I'm doing. Even when, you know, you, you obviously can't predict everything and, and nothing is a for sure thing, but I'm not afraid like I used to be because my belief in myself is so strong that even when things don't seem like they're going the right way, they are. They are. It may not be the path that I laid out for myself, but it is my destiny and I'm going to keep stepping forward. Okay. So what do you see in the future for yourself? You kind of, you know, blurted out a little bit. You have a skincare line going on. We know about your passion for your music. We know that you have yes. jumped back into that. And you have, apparently, you know that you're going to go in that direction at some time and point, probably full, fully, you know, depending on your real estate career. Correct. So yes. what do you see in the future for yourself? In the future, I well, you know what? I've, I always feel like I'm my 30s. I'm just reliving my 20s, but with more wisdom. So I have dedicated the rest of my 30s to um, a lot of hard work. I am working hard on everything, everything being the real estate, the music, the writing. There's some writing coming. I'm possibly going to be doing a book and I'm going to be doing the skincare line. And all of this is so that I can get myself in a position where I'm financially free, because that is my number one goal. Okay. Um, 
And luckily with today's age, women are having children and having families later in life. So I'm okay with dedicating my 30s to my financial freedom. And hopefully by 40, I'll have the freedom to settle down, get married, have some children, and be a stay-at-home mom because I put in the work to not necessarily have to to go out in the world and work. Um, so that's kind of like my, my 10-year plan. And how do you see yourself positioning um, your life and lifestyle in that manner? Are you, this is a two-part question, are you... Okay have you decided to also invest in real estate? Because, you know, we as agents, we sell, we buy all day long for other people and mm-hmm. we make the money and we like to look at the money. Yes. Are you investing or have that crossed your mind to invest as a young woman now? Because I mean, you're 30 in 20 years, 25 years, you'd be 55. I mean, if yes. you did it the right way, you could definitely retire, you know, early. Yes. A hundred percent. And yes, investing is definitely in uh, my immediate future within the next couple of years. You know, my income has increased, but one thing um, that has not increased is my expenses. So I've really had to make that effort to just because you're making more money doesn't mean you spend more money. Um, I'm saving that money and I want to make the right decision, the smart decision to invest it rather than getting the immediate gratification of the house and the car and the clothes and the jewelry because I'm looking ahead to the future. So I'm gathering and saving um, to make a, a larger, smarter investment in the next couple of years. I'm looking into purchasing property um, for myself and also uh, rental property is going to be uh, the first invest- investment. And also um, I'm looking into stocks. I'm educating myself, which I think is so important because the resources are out there uh, with the books and the podcast. And right. Who have done it before you and made mistakes. And I, you know, I'm listening to a couple of people um on podcasts now just talk and I'm just saturating my brain with knowledge because you can make bad investments too. Oh, absolutely. You know, and that's something that I don't want to happen. So I'm in the first phase of investment, which I believe is education. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that was a good segue into my question. I was going to ask you prior. (laughs) Okay. <laughs> and you touched on it. You said you, you about your thirties and your twenties. What would you tell your younger self today? Oh, who we, <laughs> do we have another two hours? <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> we can say that maybe, quickly. Okay. The, maybe, maybe the main thing that I would tell myself um, <clears throat> is that every day counts. Every day is important. What you do every single day counts because the days lead up to weeks, the weeks lead up to months and years and so forth. And to not waste days because those wasted days add up. I would tell myself to to pursue my passion. I'm um, sorry. Repeat that for me. I would tell my younger self to pursue my my passion fearlessly, to not be afraid and to not waste days because I think that's probably a lot of people's biggest regrets out of their whole life is wasting time or not having been proactive earlier in their life so um, 
I would say that. Now, sometimes it does take time for you to figure yourself out and, and put yourself in a position where you have the wisdom to move forward. But I would tell myself to to not waste days. Don't waste any days. Find your happiness. Find what makes you feel alive and pursue that, you know, relentlessly. Very well said. Very well said. So to wrap this up, (laughs) I have one other question for you. Of course. Um, I wanted to ask you if there was one question you would ask people to ask themselves on a daily basis, what would that be? What mark are you going to leave when you leave this earth? What change, what difference did you make? And when I say that, I don't mean that you have to necessarily do anything that makes the news or the newspaper or the blogs. Even if you were a positive influence or a light in one person's life throughout your whole lifetime, that changes the world. So I think people should ask themselves about what their legacy is going to be and how is their um, legacy going to continue when they're gone, even if it's just making a difference with one person, one person, because that one person could spread that light to a million people. So it's so important, whether it's small or big, to leave your mark. Oh, fantastic. You know, this has been an amazing conversation with you. I am so happy that you decided to join us and shine some light on who you are, you know, before you got away from us. Who knows? (laughs) (laughs) I might have not been able to get you. So I got you early. Yes, I would love to be back anytime. Oh, I'm definitely going to keep my eye on you. Like I said, I love your climb. I love your your energy. I love what you're executing to get to where you want. I'm so pleased that you went the route that you saw, you know, that was fit for Ajani and no one yes. else. And um, yes. I guess it goes with everything, your aura, your hair, your your look. And I think it's fantastic. And girl, you keep doing what you're doing. Thank you. Thank you. Because I think you are really going in the right direction that suits Ajani. Yes. Yes. Thank you so much. And thank you for seeing that in me. Oh, absolutely. I truly enjoyed this conversation. It it actually forced me to reflect on some things within myself. So it was definitely helpful um, and a positive conversation for me as well. And I'm so grateful for that. Oh, thank you. I'm sure our audience is going to love listening to your story and meeting you firsthand on our show from execution to excellence, because we look for yes. young ladies like you to come on and just share with us. And you really uh, put it out there for us. Yes. Yes. It's important. You have to share, have to share. So guys, we want to tell you, you can find Ajani Scott on the new VH1 show, Love and Listings. And Ajani, I'll let you finish the rest of that. Yes, it actually comes on tonight. Check your local listings. It will be on tonight. It comes on every Monday night on VH1. And you can find me on all social media platforms at Ajani Scott. Oh, well, I'll definitely have it on record already. So I'm going to be (laughs) And I can't wait to come out to L.A. so I can meet up with you guys and say hello. And we can break some bread together, have a cocktail and go from there. Yeah, that's going to be, be really. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking yes. forward to that. It'll be the next couple months. So I'll definitely be out there. Like Amazing. I said, Ajani, it was lovely talking to you. I'm glad I had the chance firsthand. And I will talk to you again soon and see you soon. Absolutely. My pleasure. Thank you so much.
Okay. Well, guys, this is from execution to excellence. And I am your host, Jane Bond. You know where to find me on IG at Jane Bond underscore underscore underscore. And we're going to say goodbye to Anjani, but we will see her again soon. Bye. Bye. <laughs> well, guys, what a great interview with Miss Ajani Scott of VH1's hot new show, Love and Listings. She is definitely steaming up the screen with her hot looks and cool vibes. Thank you for being on our show, Ajani, and we look forward to seeing you again. Also, you can find Ajani at Ajani Scott on all social media platforms. And please do not forget to go and rate, write a review, and subscribe to From Execution to Excellence, and we will see you next time.